So John Angelo says he doesn't want to spend any money, but the Orioles need pitching. So maybe the best way to do that is work out a trade this offseason. And if you look around the league, Dylan Cease of the White Sox could be the Orioles' best option. We'll talk about what it would take for the O's to go get the right-hander coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Orioles fans, today is Thursday, November 16th, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today, we are talking Orioles trades, maybe trying to get Dylan Cease. I am Connor Newcomb. Herb Lawrence is joining me on today's episode in just a moment, but first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 just if your team wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. So back on the podcast for the first time in a couple of years now is Herb Lawrence. He is one of the co-hosts of the CHGO White Sox podcast. He was formerly with the Locked On Network and Herb Thank you so much for jumping back on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back here, Connor. I love my time with Lockdown White Sox, and it's good to talk uh, some Orioles baseball, some winning baseball for a change. Yeah, we were we were talking off air before, and you, you know, you were talking about how it's it's nice to have a couple of co-hosts to kind of um, talk about the misery that is the Chicago White Sox right now, and and that's kind of one of the reasons that we have you on here because the Orioles just won 101 games, they won the division, but. Everyone watched them get swept by the Rangers. And to be fair, everybody got beat by the Rangers in the postseason this year. Mm -hmm. But it was clear that the Orioles probably need to upgrade the starting pitching this offseason. And now John Angelos, the Orioles owner, who, you know, isn't so different than Reinsdorf at times, um, has said that he is not really willing to spend any money. So what the Orioles need to do is probably make a trade for pitching. And I'll kind of tee you up there. It seems like from what the White Sox have done this offseason, revamping the front office and what they've said, is everyone available right now? Like, are the White Sox open for business this offseason? Indeed. The general manager's meetings just happened last week in uh, Arizona, and Chris Katz was asked, is there any untouchables? And he said, no, absolutely not. Understanding that probably he means everybody but Luis Robert Jr., mostly because of the young and still got, I think, four controllable years where he's already signed to a long-term deal. So that's the only player that's locked down for him. But he said there's no untouchables. And for everybody in your audience to understand, they fired longtime people like Kenny Williams, who's been with the White Sox for 20-plus years, and Rick Hahn, 20-plus years himself, to hire a guy that was the White Sox minor league director and he was bad at it if you know the white Sox, they have a bad terrible organization firstly and then their minor leagues goes right along with it so chris gets is a first-time general manager and bad at the job he was at before so yeah everybody's available and that's what they should be but yeah um it's i'm not looking forward to chris gets offseason because i don't have faith that he will do the right thing now as a White Sox fan, if he would uh, strip all the parts down, except for Luis Robert, and even if Luis Robert was out there, I would be fine with that because it would be a good start and a good rebuild, even a quicker rebuild, because I think they have good pieces that other teams want, as we're talking about Dylan Cease. 
Yeah, and and maybe you know the Orioles can help by by being a team that the White Sox can look to to see how the O's did it. And it was hard for multiple years there. The Orioles lost a whole lot of baseball games before they got good again. But as you mentioned, one of the best farm system in baseball is in Baltimore, and maybe the O's could help out the White Sox uh, with kind of restocking the farm, which probably seems to be priority one for the White Sox this offseason. So you mentioned it. It's Dylan Cease. That's who we're really talking about here today, because as the Orioles look around and they may try to get creative, like last offseason, I figured the Orioles would trade for a starter. I never really saw Cole Irvin being that guy. That's who they went and got. And now Irvin still has three more years of control, so it's not a failed trade yet. But he was kind of an up-down, long-reliever swingman. That's not really what they wanted when they went and got him. So they're probably going to go a couple of tiers up when they make those trades this offseason. And, you know, there's got, there's a guy like Corbin Burns out there, but he's only got one year of control. Dylan Cease has two, and I think that's why the Orioles should really be on him. So first and foremost, like as someone who covers this team, you know, Dylan Cease has been pretty good for a couple of years and it was a little down this year. But in general, like if you're thinking about a Dylan Cease trade, would it surprise you at all if they dealt him? And then if you saw them deal him, just in general, what would you like for the White Sox to get back in a deal like that? Firstly, would I be surprised? No, absolutely not. The only thing that would hold the White Sox general manager back from trading Dylan Cease is that they have literally only two starting pitchers coming back next year. And one of them is Michael Kopech, who is often injured and underperforming. He's a, this is a guy that the White Sox, who traded for him and Yohan Mankata in the Chris Sale trade, were thinking that he was going to be a top-of-the-rotation arm. And he hasn't been that such as yet. He's been more injured than he has actually played. And when he's played, he has been underperforming, especially in 2023. Now, Dylan Cease... There were rumors at the tread deadline that the Orioles and the White Sox were talking. I think the the White Sox and Rick Hahn at the time and Kenny Williams, who were uh, running the baseball ops back then, were asking for the moon, which they should. I think they were asking for Jackson Holiday, as I know, and as your audience knows, that wasn't going to happen no matter what. So I think the White Sox were listening, but they wanted their price for him. And now that a new guy's in, this is where the Orioles could actually – not fleece the White Sox, but get a young general manager who's willing to make his mark with his first trade and get something for him that is lesser than what they were first asking for Jackson Holiday. Um, I don't know specific names. I do know, I mean, actually, I do know specific names, but I don't know if the Orioles would be interested. White Sox need an outfielder, and I, you guys have a plethora of outfielders either in the major leagues right now and I know they're not going to be trying to get rid of Anthony Santander. He's phenomenal, young, big arm, all that good stuff. But some of the prospects coming up, some of the people who just can't fit out there because they have so many great players out there. And if you're going to trade a pitcher, especially a guy that posts like Dylan Cease, with his 33 starts this year, 32 last year, 32 the, the year before, you're going to have to give them some starting pitching prospect who is either – knocking on MLB's door or area in the major league. So I think a big time prospect, maybe another middling bat and then uh, an arm would be probably get it done because you're not only trading for the player who's 27, I believe right now in Dylan Cease, but you're getting two years of arbitration. So the contract won't be that big and you'll have a top of the rotation arm, even though he didn't pitch 
like he pitched in 2022. Yeah, I figure there's probably not certain positions the White Sox aren't looking for just because they want to rebuild that system so much and they might tear down that team so much. That they're going to be looking for everything. But in terms of timeline of the players, the Orioles are very top heavy in their system right now. Not only are there a lot of young guys in the bigs, there's a lot of young guys in AAA who are theoretically ready for the bigs in 2024, just might not have a chance to, to push through onto this roster because there's so much young hitting talent specifically. So I guess the, the bigger picture question for the White Sox, like if they do go into somewhat of this rebuild here, do you think they are going to look for, hey, you know, double A AA to AAA guys that we can get to the bigs in the next year or two? Or do you think they're going to try to covet, hey, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds who might be in the lower minors but might have even higher ceilings and maybe seeing out a, a longer rebuild before they they really try to win again? Our owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, said when he did replace uh, Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams with a single baseball decision maker in Chris Getz that he wouldn't want to rebuild, but the moves that they've done so far were, you know, pretty much not offering Tim a contract and pretty much the same with uh, Liam Hendricks. Liam Hendricks wasn't going to play this year anyways, but the moves are signaling that they might be doing a quick rebuild or a revamping. And so they would be looking for more MLB ready players to come back in a trade because Jerry said he's old. He's 87 years old. Doesn't want to have another rebuild, which is the proper way to do this if you're going to do it. But of course, Jerry Ransworth is going to do Jerry Reinsdorf's things, which are dumb. And I know you brought up John Angelos, and I know Baltimore, I get it. Peter, John Angelos, it's been terrible. You guys have the greatest situation out there. <laughs> we have a actual bad owner, a yeah. terrible owner. I know what Angelos did to the broadcaster this year. That was probably the worst thing he did. If that was the worst thing that Jerry Reinsdorf did this year, that would be a relief. He did yeah. a lot of terrible things, and Continues to do a lot of terrible things. White Sox fans are 100% turned off on that guy. But I think that he would want people who are ready for the major leagues. And that's the only way that he would allow Chris Getz. And I'm saying allow as if he's pulling the strings because he is. That's the only way he would allow Dylan Cease to go somewhere else because he wants to do this pretty quickly. And as we've seen with recent White Sox history uh, before the 2020 season, Going really quickly doesn't get you good results for the White Sox. They'll be in third, fourth place in the worst division again next year, 2015 and, or 2025 and on and on. So I think that he would want a better player who's ready for the major leagues to put a long answer and make it a little bit longer. So we'll talk about, you know, who those potential major league ready prospects could be in a deal like this coming up in just a second with Herb Lawrence. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. You can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 just if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So we are here with Herb Lawrence. He is one of the co-hosts of the CHGO White Sox podcast, and we're talking this Dylan Cease trade. And you had just mentioned before the break how 
the White Sox, maybe even if you don't personally agree with this process, the White Sox and Jerry Reinsdorf are going to look for guys who, you know, maybe by the end of next season are kind of knocking on the door, ready to go. And, and a team that's maybe going to try and turn it around and compete again in 2025, potentially, you know, I could see them trying to do that. And what is good here for this potential trade is the Orioles have a lot of talent right in that area. Like I talked about, there are guys. And the number one guy I like to mention in this conversation is Joey Ortiz. He's a shortstop prospect. Who's kind of a, a back probably, probably bottom 10 or 20 in most top 100 lists across baseball on some lists. He's like right outside a hundred an elite defensive shortstop, one of the best you'll ever see. And the bat has really come around the last couple of years and he's become a consistent hitter with some power. But the Orioles have a guy named Jackson Holiday, who mm -hmm. seems to be pretty good. They also have a guy named Gunnar Henderson, who just won Rookie of the Year. And they also have a guy named Jordan Westberg, who came up last year and was a really solid prospect in the infield. There is not a lot of space for Joey Ortiz, and I find him to kind of be a perfect trade candidate for the O's. That doesn't mean he has to be in a potential Dylan Cease deal, but it's an example of guys who the Orioles really have here so you know we talked about maybe more major league ready guys now here's a good question potentially for cease you mentioned that they only have two returning pitchers do you think chicago would at least want someone back who they can put in the opening day rotation and at the very least say you know this is a guy who still has a couple years of control left and at the very least can throw 150 160 innings for us this year and next year while we figure this out yes that would actually be i think priority number one where they need to, and that was an old uh, mantra of the former general manager, Rick Hahn, where you trade an arm, you get an arm back. And so Chris Getz has been under his tutelage for the last seven years, and I think he would follow the same uh, formula, specifically because the White Sox don't have any arms available for starting rotation, and they're not going to be spending money on the starting rotation. Those numbers are way too high. He's, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf has pretty much literally said that he is not going to be in the Shohei Itani thing, or any pitcher that's going to sign a 10-year deal. And I know there's not been a pitcher that signed a 10-year deal, but Jerry pretty much hasn't signed a player over $75 million. That's our highest free agent ever was Andrew Benintendi last year, five years, $75 million in the history of the team. So they would want a pitcher or two to be filling out of that starting rotation. If the Orioles have a couple of those guys who are available and relatively young, they would be very willing to do that because – more of the reason why the White Sox are trading Dylan Cease is because after two years from now, they're not going to be re-signing Dylan Cease because he just um, pretty much fired his agent last year and signed up with Scott Boris, which I found great. That tells me the pitcher believes in his talent and wants the best agent to represent him and get the most money out of his free agency years. The White Sox don't deal well with Scott Boris. Uh, historically, they've been really bad with them they've got a couple pitcher every once in a while but nothing that uh, really speaks to a good relationship with that uh super agent so that's what they're really trying to trade dylan cease for so they don't have to worry about a couple years down the line wearing dylan cease wants real money and the white Sox are like we're poor and so that's that's half of the reason why they're trading dylan cease and i think they think this year was like uh, a precursor to what he really is I think in 2022, that's what you're getting if you're the Orioles. You're getting a second in Cy Young, Dylan Cease, pitching versus the AL East gauntlet that you have out there and giving you, showing up every time. Like I said, he posts. He hasn't been on the DL or IL in a long time. He's pitched every start he's had since, uh, I think, 2020. So he's been pretty solid and pretty uh, durable. So I think they would want 
somebody can be in that starting rotation in 2023 or 2024 for the White Sox, even if that person isn't, you know, as tickingly great. If the person's just the person that is shows up and pitches 25 times a year. Yeah. I, I mean, a guy that I feel like could fit well here. And here's the other thing for the O's. Like, I know Orioles fans don't want to trade from their major league roster either because they like the guys who came together and got them 101 wins. But if you're going to get Dylan Cease, someone is out of a rotation spot. I mean, it's pretty easy to see it. Dylan Cease is going to come in. He's going to probably start opening day for you if you make that trade. So a guy like Dean Kramer, I think, is someone who could maybe fit in this deal. He made 32 starts last year, like posted the entire year, was just as healthy as, Dil as Dylan Cease through 173 innings. He had a 4-1-2 ERA, which, yeah, isn't the greatest season, but he had a 3-2-3 ERA in 2022 mm -hmm. and really figured things out. And he's got four years of control left. He is not a free agent until after 2027. And he's a guy who, you know, if the Orioles didn't have Dylan Cease, easily has a rotation spot next year. If the Orioles did have Dylan Cease, there would be a Dean Kramer conversation, I think, happening in spring training. So maybe someone there, you know, with four years of potential control. But I did want to kind of ask the, the question about Cease himself, because you mentioned it a little bit about how, you know, 2023, it wasn't the same numbers. That 2022 season was unbelievable that we saw mm -hmm. from, from Dylan Cease. Uh, what, a 2.2 ERA in 2022. He was amazing. He did still throw almost 180 innings this year, but he had a 4.58 ERA. And most of the strikeout numbers were a little down, but most of the same. The walk numbers, most of the same. What what was the difference, do you feel like? I mean, some people have said he was just pitching for such an abomination of a team that, you know, maybe uh, the focus wasn't 100% there every time out. But was there a noticeable difference from someone who, you know, watched this team night in and night out that that a team trading for Cease should be worried about at all? Because if you're giving up a lot for Cease, you want a lot closer to the 22 version than the 2023 version. Yeah, um, in 22, he walked a lot of people. And that continues. And we saw today or um, on Wednesday night, walking a bunch of people doesn't preclude you from being a good pitcher. Is uh, the NL Cy Young Award winner, Blake Snell, led the National League and walks. But it was what you do after that. And his pitching run value in 2022 of Dylan Cease's was through the roof. And this last past year, like he was just his slider wasn't the devastating pitcher pitch that it was in 2022, where I think it was the best uh, ranked pitch by anybody in the major leagues this year, it got hit a little bit more and then it flattened out a little bit more. And so I think that Dylan Cease ran into problems where he wasn't uh, complete, complete, um, completing his pitches as, as well. And the White Sox defense also was piss poor. It was just so atrocious this year. Uh, in 2022 wasn't that great, but in 2023, it was just through the roof so bad and so I think Dylan Cease and other pitchers are, you know, adverse to pitching over the plate and getting hit because they know that the ball is probably not going to get picked up. And so they're trying to do too much. And uh, the other starting pitcher, Michael Kopech, is another guy who walks the yard, too. I think this is a trend with the White Sox because of how bad the defense has been with the White Sox um, the last couple of years and the prospect you brought up. Uh, for the shortstop, or is it Ortiz? Yeah, Joey Ortiz. Yeah, that would be right up the White Sox alley as they just got Tim Anderson off the team, mainly because of this piss poor year where he was leading the league in airs, really was really bad at uh, defensive run saved, and they need to upgrade defense. GM Chris Getz pretty much said as much, like we need to upgrade our defense so our pitchers can be more confident in throwing those pitches 
over the plate and let them get hit and let them get fielded. And so I think that Dylan sees um, his breaking balls were just not as crisp as last the year before. And, you know, he has the strikeout pitch, 97, 98 mile per hour fastball slider is his best pitch. When he was going well in 2022, I think he you would throw a slider more than his four seam fastball this year. It was a battle between the two. He couldn't find the ears on the slider sometime. And so he would just rely on his forcing fastball, which would leave him up to getting crushed by the opposing hitters. But I think in my heart of hearts, if you have a team that can field behind Dylan cease, he will be maybe not a two, two ERA, but he'll be in the low three ERA and probably get you 200 strikeouts. If he's uh, posting every day. Yeah, and I know he's also a bit of a fly ball pitcher, but the Orioles have moved that wall back in left field, oh, yeah. which helps guys a lot if they are fly ball pitchers, um, which which certainly would help here. And, and you mentioned that slider. I mean, that pitch when it's on, and I know that wasn't on all of last season, but when that slider is on, it's one of the best offerings that any starter in baseball has. I mean, I was looking at the the 2022 numbers on the slider. I mean, a, a opponents hit 128 against it. He had a 43% whiff rate. He had a 50% whiff rate against it in 2021. I mean, that pitch is ridiculous, especially to righties. And that's what the Orioles and Mike Elias and their front office would be absolutely salivating over in this trade. So now we kind of get to the part of, you know, it's tough to combine two podcasters to make a deal that's absolutely going to happen. But we now kind of know what the White Sox want. Mm -hmm. More so major league ready guys. They want to shore up the defense and they definitely want somebody who can come in and pitch like right now. Mm -hmm. So I think... Dean Kramer in this trade would work. He's a guy who's going to give you 30-plus starts for the next four years. And to be honest with you, Dean Kramer has tinkered with his stuff in the past. And depending on you know how much the White Sox trust, at least their major league pitching development, I think he could be a guy who could be re-signed after those four years for a pretty reasonable value where they wouldn't have to go out of their way to pay somebody $100 million, which you talked about that they haven't done before. Mm -hmm. I think Joey Ortiz would be a nice piece in this trade. You get a shortstop who is ready to start at shortstop on opening day, got an incredible glove. His bat's been really good in AAA, and he did get his feet wet in the big leagues last year. Had about 30 plate appearances in the big leagues in April and May, so he got his feet wet a little bit, and now he kind of knows what to expect at the big league level. So a pitcher, a shortstop. So the question is, I think the White Sox would definitely want a third player from the mm -hmm. Orioles' great farm system. Would it, do you think it would be another hitter or another pitcher who could fill in in that rotation next year? If those are the two guys that you're including in the trade, I know from just my dealings with White Sox fans and then the team, they would want a prospect that is going to hurt a little bit for the Orioles to give up because Kramer's not going to hurt. And Ortiz is probably not going to hurt that much if you're getting Dylan Cease. And then that third person would be like, to the Orioles fans, like, I don't want to give up him. He's going to be great type of thing, or he might be good. And so, you know, White Sox fans are throwing around Kerstad's name. And I'm like, that might be too much. But, you know, if the White Sox are in the position that they are with only two starting pitchers, they would be hesitant to move that guy just because of that reason, because of, hey, who else is going to replace him? Yes, we're going to get Dean Kramer in here, but losing Dylan Cease, where that was our one, our guy that was going to be guaranteed in the starting rotation, because like I said about Michael Kopech, his his uh, troubles have been consistent the whole year, right. and so that would be the only thing holding them back, and they would want somebody of that name. And I know Kerstad people would be like, oh, no, we're not trading that guy. So someone in that, you know, top 
10 of uh, Orioles um, prospects would probably get it done because, like I said, uh, you're not just picking up the pitcher, you're picking up the two years. And so it would have to hurt a little bit for the Orioles to let the last guy go. So let me ask you, do the White Sox have any relievers you think they'll deal this offseason? Because the O's are looking for bullpen help too. They're definitely going to be looking at Aaron Bummer to deal. And Aaron Bummer, for his Mofa's White Sox career, is a ground ball pitcher. And like I said before, the White Sox don't pick the ball up. And so his numbers look inflated, even though he hasn't been good the last, probably the last year and a half. Like last year, you could see the ERAs in the sixes, but his FIP is around the threes. Um, Sierra's in the same area where he's actually pitching well and he don't have any help behind him. So if you need a lefty reliever, this guy is a sinker ball pitcher, will induce a bunch of ground balls. And yes, he did give up a couple home runs, but that's just when the sinker's not sinking. That's very rare. So Aaron Bummer would be on the list for that. Um, maybe even Garrett Crochet, but they just picked up or they just got him back from Tommy John surgery. And he wants to be more of a starter than a reliever. But for the White Sox in 2024, his role will be reliever in that regard. Um because um, like I said before, they don't have a lot of starters available. And for him to be a starter would mean he had to go and get an inning space down in the minor leagues where they're not about that. So, yeah, there's a couple of people that are available for the bullpen. So Aaron Bummer and his contract, I think, is very, very nice for the Orioles to to assume. Yeah, and, Bummer. Uh, I think White Sox fans would be like, oh, get him off my team, even <laughs> though I would be like, we're giving away a very valuable piece that yeah. uh, somebody else is going to turn into an all-star. Bummer's got a, a pretty team-friendly deal where he's in the final year of the regular part of the deal for only like $3 million next year, mm-hmm. and then he's got team options for the next two years. So how about mm-hmm. this? If it was Dylan Cease and Aaron Bummer, take your pick of either Colton Kowser or Heston Kerstad for that final prospect. Kerstad, more of a, a power hitter, left-handed hitter. You know, the defense is, it's a corner outfield slash first base kind of player. You know, there's question marks about, you know, he can play the outfield, but there's question marks about long-term how good he can be out there mm-hmm. versus Colton Kowser, where it's not as much power, but I think the hit tool's a little better. The batter's eye's a little bit better. And he's he's definitely a corner outfielder who's played some center field. And his question is more, can he stick in center or does he have to move? But because they have Luis Robert, I don't think they really need a center fielder. So... Orioles fans are going to hate me for saying this, but you got to give up good players to get good players. Take your pick of either Kerstad or Kowser, and maybe those are the three that could get the Orioles potentially bummer and cease. I think so. Yeah, if you if you get, I th- I'm going to take Kerstad in that because lefty power is one of the things the White Sox do not have. Even though Baltimore's finest, Gavin Sheets is on our team. He's not a power hitter. He doesn't hit for power. He doesn't even hit right handers for power. So having a guy. Firstly, play right field. Uh, the White Sox haven't had a good right fielder since Avi Garcia. I think that was in 2017. But we've been trying to replace Avi Garcia ever since then. And so, yeah, a good power hitting right fielder where we're not really worried about defense. We put Andrew Vaughn out there. And like the for, aforementioned Gavin Sheets, who was a first baseman, we've been putting out them out there for the last couple of years. So if he can pick the ball up and throw it to second, that's a win. And then yeah. whatever he provides in power from the lefty side of the uh, plate, which the White Sox barely have any because Andrew Bennington, he hit five home runs last year. Mm-hmm. Yoan Moncada hit 10 and he's a switch hitter. So it's not really a thing where the White Sox have had lefty power and they would take that and jump at that in a second. 
So Dylan Cease and Aaron Bummer for Heston Kerstad, Joey Ortiz, and Dean Kramer. They get two of the Orioles' top 10 prospects, and they get a starting pitcher who's been pretty good and got four years of control and can slot right into your rotation. Do we have a uh, do we have a mock deal here, Herb? I have. Yeah, I'm 100% in because I think that would be the best for the White Sox. I don't know if my fellow White Sox fans would like that deal. They would probably maybe want more. But for me, like you're not going to re-sign Dylan Cease two years when he's a free agent. Might as well get a pitcher. And I've seen Dean Kramer pitch specifically against the White Sox. And I'm like, this is a solid pitcher. I would love for him to be in the White Sox. And you said four years of control. The White Sox will be salivating at that. And a shortstop that could pick up the ball with the best of them. I'm in. And if he can hit, he doesn't need to hit a lot. Just need to hit like, you know, get on base at 300, 33% clip. And that's it. And so I'm in and curse that with the bat. Mm. Seems like a good deal. Well, Herb, thank you so much for joining us once again. Um, before you go, let everybody know where they can find your work, find your podcast if they want to hear more White Sox talking. And, and yes, you know, not, not all of it will probably be positive this offseason, but be. the White Sox could be if they really commit to this, one of the busiest teams this offseason. So I, I know there'll be a lot to talk about for you. Indeed. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's Ecknerwall23. That's just Lawrence, my last name spelled backwards. 2 3 is for Ron Ventura, former White Sox great and manager. Um, and we're on CHGO White Sox. So, at CHGO underscore White Sox on Twitter and wherever you get your podcasts at CHGO White Sox. So that was Herb Lawrence. I'm Connor Newcomb signing off. we got one more episode coming up this week. We continue our Orioles player season review series on a Friday when we are back tomorrow. But until then, this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.